We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome back to Overnight America. First two hours in the books. You can find those on the Overnight America podcast. I would like for you to download, and it would be nice if you went through and downloaded some episodes. We always could use the extra downloads. In fact, it really helps people discover the show when more people are downloading it. And it's also a convenient way to listen to the show. If you can't listen to all four hours, I understand. I'm not going to chastise you over it, but let you know there are other ways to listen to things you may miss. And that's always a nice thing to do. So let me open things up. It's uh, open from here on out. We got the interviews done behind us so we can keep the conversation with us going. If you want to join in at 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. And uh, quiet on the texting front, you can text with that first phone number, too. I got a lot of clips. We can talk about the pandemic and what's going on with the vaccine, the challenges with it, and what could be happening next. In general, I don't know if you saw this one story at KMOX.com. It says, snow days may be a thing of the past in this Illinois school district. It's like that in Missouri, too. But... We'll look at this one particular. It says, the pandemic may be eliminating another school year tradition. A snow day. I remember when I was growing up, snow days were non-existent. There were very few times when snow days were called. In fact, all the way from kindergarten through the end of high school, I can only think of two days that were canceled. And I remember them being the most glorious of all days. I just remember just rejoicing, thinking, I can't believe it. I just don't have to go to school today. No homework, no nothing. I can stay home. I can play Super Nintendo. I can watch Price is Right. I can do whatever I want. Well, this is, of course, before Internet and things. So it was just great. Oh, my goodness. One day was a snow day, and it was just because we had probably about 18 feet of snow. It was in Michigan. You get that off-the-lake stuff, and it just completely blankets the area. It was just a terrible, terrible snowstorm. So I remember playing in the front yard, building snow forts and things, thinking, I'm not in school right now. This is great. The only other time was in high school when there was a water main break, and they didn't have water at the school, so they canceled it. Those are the two times I ever remember having a day off of school. Today, we find ourselves in a situation where schools use so many snow days that at the end of the year, they have to figure out, well, are we going to add days on to the end so we can meet the state minimum for the amount of hours these kids need to be in school? They stretch the 
years out because they have to make up for an excessive amount of snow days. There's nothing special about snow days for kids. It's just every day, oh, okay, another snow day. And you look out the window, and some places, there's probably not even snow out there. It's just the idea of it. Oh, we don't want the kids standing outside. It's cold, but no snow, but oh, okay, never mind. We'll, we'll call it off. I'm not saying that these kids need to stand in minus 20-degree weather or anything like that, but still. I'm just saying that it's everything's called off. When I was younger, I didn't have that experience. So now, since technology affords itself and since they had to adapt to a pandemic world and the infrastructure is there, schools are saying, uh, I guess we don't ever have to close the doors. We'll just do virtual whenever it comes up. So the story at KMOX.com, Collinsville students, uh, I don't know if they're happy about this, but the school proposed that when the weather or emergency cancellations happen, Pop it up to e-learning days. The superintendent says the concept was approved by the legislator last year. However, without learning devices for the children, it wasn't feasible. In walks a pandemic. It's almost like they were just waiting for the opportunity. Imagine that pandemic walking in kind of like a WWF superstar. You know, there's people wrestling in the ring and they're trying to fight snow day, no snow day. And then out comes a dude with a metal chair running to the ring and the announcers go crazy. That's what e-learning has done. Just takes over and everything is just fine and dandy yet again. So they say now that the device is in children's hands through 12th grade, we can still conduct a learning environment, whether they are at home or at school. Wow. Now, some parents have already committed to saying you know, I'm just going to take the kid out anyway. If it was going to be a snow day, uh, just the kid won't show up. Uh, we'll just get, we'll we'll give him a snow day. Do they really have to show up all the time? Are we being too demanding with the kids? In fact, is it better for them to have an impromptu break every once in a while to keep morale up? So I'll ask you about this. With the devices in hand, is it a good idea that we get rid of snow days because they could learn from home and now they don't have to physically go in so the threat of them getting hurt or freezing to death outside waiting for the bus is no longer there. Just do the e-learning. So do you think that for now on, uh, anytime there is a opportunity because they would have closed school down, now they can cancel that with e-learning? Do you think that's a good idea? 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. I think it's great. Make the kids e-learn. The other side of it is, and I guess if I were to try to argue the other side, is that this hybrid schedule for the parents are a complete nightmare, not knowing if their kid's going to be there or not. Do I have to accommodate? Do I not have to accommodate? Are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? Do we have to set it up now? Do we have to have this? Do we have just one other thing to worry about if you're a parent? And then let alone, you don't have the school lunches, you don't have this, but it would have been canceled anyway then, unless you're forcing the kids to go to school. So snow days going away. Are you happy about it? Are you not happy about it? Do you think it's a good idea? Should they always be in school? In fact, maybe you think we should strap on one of those virtual reality glasses and we'll just put it onto the kids' heads. We'll tighten it up, ratchet it up nice and tight, and it never has to leave. You can always have remote access to the kid whenever you want. Maybe you feel we should go even that far into it. Why not? We'll take some of your calls coming up, and maybe you can talk about some of your school snow stories do you have any good memories of a snow day that you want to share? You can do that, too, if you really want. If you don't really care, you're like, ah, my kids are out of it. I don't care. Huh, I'm not in it. I don't care. That's fine. Maybe you have a good snow day story. I'd like to hear it. It's Overnight America, KMOX. St. Louis's traffic station, KMOX. And welcome back to Overnight America. 
Later this hour, we're going to do a Veterans Day tribute, which I think you'll enjoy. It's something we've done on the show before, and I, I just think you'll like it. So here's the phone number. And I got to say, we have a new board op that is running things back at the KMOX studios. Her name is Shaylin. She's a new graduate from Lindenwood. And she's sitting at the studio. She's not working because you're not calling. And she's saying, oh, wow, this is so easy. This is great. So here's a couple of things. Number one, please be nice to Shaylin when you call in. But number two, make her know that you're out there. I don't want her to get the impression that during this radio program, no one listens and no one calls. So please be nice. And how about you call and just talk to the show? And it's not always the case you get to break in a new board op, someone that is brand new to the radio station. So the impressions of KMOX, she may get them from you. So also be mindful of that. And please be nice to Shaylin. All right. So there she is. She's thinking to herself, oh, this is uh, overnight America. No one listens. Please don't let that be the case. (laughs) 314-436-7900 or 800 Nine two five eleven twenty, and please put her to work. You know we're paying her. She's she's got a job to do. Don't let her get off easy on her first night. All right, put her to work. Let's go to Mark, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey Ryan. Uh, well, you, you uh, don't blame me for anybody uh, calling on the show because I'm glad to be back on. I have a. <laughs> uh, I don't. I'm an old, weather-beaten retiree, and I don't have any children or spouse. So the thing is. I'm not here to worry about what's going on in kids' school, but I feel for people who have to grapple with this. But I have an experience that uh, was a little bit embarrassing at the time, very slightly, but it it happened in something like, I I told my friend 64, actually it was 65 when this happened, so um, we moved to a house in Brentwood to allow me to practically fall out of my bedroom window to get to school. Because uh, the place, uh, our second house we lived in backed up against the school. So, I mean, that was true. If I forgot something, if there was time, I could fly home and get it. So, anyway, um, our first, the snow we got in 65, I went ahead, put my things together, went on to school without, without giving it a single thought. And then mom and dad were in the same boat. So, I left. And uh, the following day, we had this. Um, this is a long story, but I'll make it short. We had this resource teacher for blind students who uh, they provided a room where we could study, take tests and all that stuff. Well, she came the next day and found out that I was there the day before, and she says, well, Mark, you should have listened to KMOX. I said, well, I forgot all about that, and so did Mom and Dad because – you know, I wasn't riding the, the school bus. The other blind kids were on. And as close as I was, why should I miss school? So uh, I got a little bit chewed up at first. By this <laughs> and I shared it with my blind friend in Jefferson City. So I said, I think I'm going to see if I can get on with Ryan. So put your Alexa on and, and get on to KMOX so you can hear me. So that's my story. It all came out in the wash, but it... it uh, I just went to school because I figured that's what I could do. I was too close to, to miss it. That's a fine tradition is listening to KMOX for school closings. I got to admit, that's- Mark, I'm, I'm not really up in the morning. Based on doing the late night show, I'm sleeping, so I don't get to listen to Total Information AM. But I'm under the impression they still do school closings today. I think they do. 
think they do. At least they were doing it since I've been streaming it in, having moved here. I mean, uh, and I feel kind of relieved. I don't want to have to worry about that thing anymore. But uh, yeah. I'm always, I'll have you a secret. I crank up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and something is keeping the 6-volt nervous system raising me up. I don't know what it is, but I guess it'll never quit. Yeah, nothing you can do about that. Well, Mark, thank you for calling in. Good to hear from you. Good night, That's now. awesome. Good night. Well, he listens on the Alexa device, those smart home devices, which you can listen to KMOX. And I guess technically I should be trying to encourage you to use those smart devices because, oh, that's what we need to do. I still won't lit one in my house. <laughs> get, get a nice radio. Listen to 1120 AM, which is awesome. You can stream it online at KMOX.com if you have a computer. I'm just very leery about putting in the listening devices, but it works for Mark. I mean, if you have a vision impairment, that, that makes it so easy to do something like that. So it definitely is practical in that sense. Listening to school closings on KMOX. Who, as a kid, have memories like that? I'm sure you do. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. So where are we on this vaccine? Is that going to make things easier? Are we going to be able to get kids back to school quicker because of this vaccine? Dr. Fauci, the challenges of the vaccine. There are logistic challenges, supply chain challenges. We have a very important effort that's been assigned specifically to that. You know, part of that Operation Warp Speed, there's the scientific aspect of it, which is led by Monsef Salawi. And then there's the logistic aspect that's led by General Gus Perna. And he has been working full time to make sure that the logistics of getting distribution will go smoothly. Now, right now we know that what the company will do very likely, in fact, I'm certain they'll be doing it, is putting in soon, within the next week and a half or so, for an emergency use authorization and ultimately for ultimate approval of the vaccine, which means if that goes along smoothly, that we may have doses that we're able to give to people by the end of November, the beginning of December, wow. probably well into December. Now, again, you have to go through the hoops of making sure all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed about the safety and the regulatory aspects of it. But we would be giving vaccine to people very likely before the end of this year. Wow. That is good news. That is excellent news. That's uh, Project Warp Speed, which, by the way, it was erroneously reported yesterday that Pfizer was not part of that. And then they had to come out and correct the record that, yes, they were part of uh, Project Warp Speed, which is trying to get the vaccines out as fast as possible. There are other manufacturers that are still trying to produce and very well could start producing these things. So there could be other ones that are down the pipeline. But to be the first and have that much effectiveness, a 90 percent effectiveness is so encouraging to give us a hope that we don't have to go on lockdown again. And please, please, please don't get to that point where we're even seriously considering that. I do not want to see it. And I think a lot of other people don't want to see it either. Uh, let's go to Scott, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Good evening, Ryan. How are you? Hey, Scott. Good. How are you feeling? Feeling a lot better. Thank you very much for asking. Good. And I must say, Shailen has a wonderful, welcoming voice. Oh, I'm glad she was nice to you, and I'm hopeful very nice. that you were very nice, nice to her. Okay. <laughs> so what's going and, on? Uh, I just wanted to, about the uh, school situation with the snow days and whatnot, after this year, with what we've been through already, and a new administration coming in, a new secretary of education, more than likely, um, mm -hmm. with the parents having to find a way to get to work. And they finally figured that out. Somehow, a lot of parents had had to find some way to put food on the table. And 
with the uh, with the children, you know, finding the equipment to learn from home. And I think even after this, even if they do come up with a virus when they say that, well, hopefully, pray to God, this happens. But uh, you mean a vaccine when still, they come up with you? There's still going to be a lot of social distancing next year if everyone goes back to school because of the uh, time miss, the new kids coming into a new district and things like that. That's hard on the kids. I mean, if you you really and I and I got to thinking about that after you said you know snow days and making up the snow days in the schools, but for the children themselves that are, you know, they got to be bored out of their minds already. I don't think snow days oh, yeah. really matter to them anymore at this point. Oh, and that's I, fascinating because they they'll do anything to get in sort of the the social situations with their friends. They don't want to sure. miss out on that anymore. It's the opposite. Wow, that's actually really uh, interesting point, Scott. Yeah, I believe that. And I, that was just my comment, sir, and I'll let you go, and I hope you have a great evening. You too. Thanks, God. Have a great night. And one you thing too. that he mentioned there about wanting the socialization, my kid cannot wait because they're kind of on the blended schedule. Some are virtual, some are in-person days, and they split the classrooms up, so he's only going to school a few days a week in person. And because of that, he looks forward to those days. He can't wait for it. And he's in kindergarten, which means he thinks this is the normal way school operates. He doesn't understand this is not normal. But he loves those days. He hates missing the days he goes in, and we do too. We like him going in and getting that socialization. You miss a lot being from home. Isn't that funny? The kids today, they would do anything for a snow day. Now they just want to be with their friends, so they don't want to be left home alone again. Wow. Uh, Let's go to Eric who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Yeah, hey. Hi. Hi, Eric. Go ahead. Hey, I was just going to say, don't you think that uh, the coronavirus levels are artificially inflated right now, and they will be as soon as they they found out that Biden was going to win, and then January twentieth? Don't you think they're going to drop like flies? Uh, I I don't know actually. I I don't think. It's the question about it being inflated is a good question because it makes you wonder what goes into those numbers. So what you don't normally see is you you can go online and they say there's a lot of transparency when it comes to the actual patient numbers and here's the people that tested positive and this and that. But I would like to see a little bit further when it comes to the breakdown and mostly trying to figure out how many are people that – you know, might have tested positive but didn't show symptoms. And how about, you know, even Dr. Fauci recently coming out and saying that some of these positive tests may have been the dead virus on them, meaning they weren't actually infected, but it came through as a positive. Or in some cases, were they retesting? Were they multiple testing? What's the situation of whether testing? I, I think the more data, the better when it comes to this. I don't think you're going to find it just have a, it's just going to completely drop off at the end of Inauguration Day for Joe Biden. I don't thinks that's the case. I mean, you know, there could be. I, if anything, I think the Biden administration kind of likes the idea of locking things down, which is kind of a sad and scary thing. So uh, if it were something of a conspiracy of administrations, he probably would want the opposite because it gives him more control to do things, which is sad because I don't think anyone really wants to see the hit in the economy that we had before, let alone want to try to risk it happening again where, you know, how many other businesses are going to close down because they just know they can't survive. So, Eric, thank you very much for your call. I, you know, I just don't see it going that through. way. Why, yeah. why don't you let me talk? Okay, Hello? you're done, Eric. Thanks. All right, we're going to close Eric off. I don't know why Eric's yelling in the background. I, it's just, <laughs> I don't know what his problem is. The thing is, if you ask a question, I'll, I'll try to answer it, but uh, I don't know why. There's no reason to get angry over it. That's kind of a weird thing. 
Uh, let's go to Ed. Welcome to Overnight America. Well, let's go from Eric to a special welcome to Shaylin and a, a little bit of history. Six years ago, the station was out on uh, Hampton, and I was sitting in the control room watching Bob Holt direct one of the early at-your-service uh, call-ins on sports. I was kind of in training. Well, mm -hmm. Bob leaves the control room, and I was no longer in training, and that was a pretty scary scary few moments. But uh, we had Bob Burns and Bob Bragg and some really wonderful people, and uh, that the 60s at KMOX were, were an incredible time. Oh, absolutely. So you were working, what was your job in the 60s? I was in the news department. I, I, I learned, uh, I guess, how to be newsman from Rex Davis was probably the best, and Bob Hardy and mm -hmm. Steve Rowan. And But there was a lot going on in sports, too, and I was given an opportunity to produce uh, some of the weekend uh, at-your-service sports programs. Um, we had everything then, all the sports teams and a very, very strong news department. And uh, I'm not sure when they moved downtown, but we were out on Hampton for quite some time. Yeah, the downtown move is, I just don't know the history of when that happened. Um, and the, I'm sure some people would know that, and I can look it up. I'm sure it's documented yeah, in The Mighty Mox, which is a really good book that was written back in like 2000 or whatever, uh, looking at the yes, history and, of it. And I do want to wish her well and a long career. And uh, I started before I graduated, so I wonder if she's still a, still a student or has she graduated? No, she, yeah, she said she just graduated from Lindenwood, so she's a gra brand new grad learning the ropes tonight on Overnight America. So hopefully <laughs> well, Eric says, was nice to her on the phone. <laughs> it says go, go, go. Go, go, go. All right. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, Ed. Thank you very much for calling in. I do have a good story of first time on the air story. It's not me personally, but someone told it to me. Um, I I've told stories about a sports broadcaster by the name of Bob Chase. Probably not the name you're thinking of because apparently there was another Bob Chase here in St. Louis for a while. This was a hockey sports broadcaster and a radio broadcaster in Fort Wayne where I worked. And I was lucky enough to know him for many years before he passed away on Thanksgiving. We're coming up on that anniversary back in 2016. But he talked about his first time on the air. And this is great. I, th I think that Shaylin would appreciate it. So if you're going to call in, be nice to her. Let her know there's people listening to this show. I don't want it to sound like it's a, a show and no one listens. So 314-436-7900. It's Overnight America KMOX. And Overnight America continues. Tomorrow is Veterans Day, and I wanted to do something nice. Uh, I, well, this doesn't really probably fit under that category. I just wanted to do something that would be uh, honoring veterans. And you may be a veteran. You may be a family member to a veteran. And with that being tomorrow, which is Wednesday, November 11th, we're going to play Ray Charles, America the Beautiful. So we'll end the hour on that today. Let's go to Jay, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Yeah, hi. I'm going to actually give you a compliment on how you handle that Eric guy. That, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know why he gets worked up. As, as I mentioned the other day, Trump said it was going to be disappearing on the 4th, the very next day after the election. And that certainly is not the case. And if anybody wants to follow the, the explosion of this disease, just look at who's having to withdraw from the Masters golf tournament this weekend. 
two of uh, at least one former champion. Uh, that would be Sergio Garcia, my favorite tennis player, female tennis player in the world. Simona Halep got the, the, the virus. Now, I think she's had it mildly, but it's hitting everybody. It hits all these guys in Trump's own administration. So to say it's a phony deal, you know, is just ludicrous. Well, I, I will say this in regarding the comments from President Trump over the uh, summer. So, I mean, to his credit, look at Pfizer immediately after the election says, hey, we got a vaccine 90 percent effective. That's pretty good news. So, I mean, that would point to the indication that it was at least the, the end game was in sight. And at least uh, maybe going back a month or two, they start, started working with all the different governors to get an infrastructure in place to try to get this vaccine out. So they started on the, the plan to do that. So some of this stuff was already in the works, knowing that it would happen around the time of the election. So uh, depending on what he meant by that, I mean, if, if the virus was going to just disappear after the election, not true. But I, I will say this, Jay, um, the politicization, I mean, there's so much politics that go around it. You, you can't deny that the different sides have used it as a political tool. So once the election and the the uh, politics kind of like subside, that there, that would also start to simmer down a little bit. So I, you can look at it that way and say, yeah, after the election, things were going to be a little bit different because maybe the rhetoric wouldn't be as strong. I don't know. I, I think he basically called it a hoax for a long time. He minimized it. He never endorsed the steps that all the doctors were saying, which is wear a mask, you know, uh, avoid crowds. He never did a lot of those things either. So that's, yeah, but, that's my view. Okay, thanks, Jay. Good to hear from you. Uh, so sure. uh, the comments about him saying it's a hoax. Now, even finally, the news agencies decided to cover it based on that being not true. So when he says it's a hoax, he didn't mean that it non-existent, like it doesn't exist. Definitely that statement was taken out of context. And it finally took, I don't know, what, three or four months later for the AP and some of these other news agencies to finally come out and say, no, this is, we fact-checked it and it's not true. He didn't say that this thing was not, uh, it was taken out of context. So that needs to be said. Let's go to Donald, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hello there, Mr. Rucker. How are you tonight? Good, very good. I, uh, I've called in a couple times now, and I pretty much repeat myself a little bit, but uh, my dad taught me a few things. One of them in particular really kind of is, is very relevant to our our situation right now. Um, he said, now, son, I want you to trust people, but I don't want you to have blind trust. And I think that's so true right now is we need to trust the process. We need to slow down, not just continue to blame each side and uh you know i'm just so frustrated because people are extremely anxious about what we're going through and that anxiety in all honesty my 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 day job deals with with anxiety and helping people through that a lot that word is being used probably more than any word in the english language right now anxiety or some version of it and I think we just need to slow down and, and not let this anxiety kill more people than COVID-19 is. It, it's gotten so out of hand. We need to slow down and, uh, you know, just realize that all we're doing is, is hating, ending up hating each other. And yeah. uh, it's just wrong. Just 
flat out yeah. wrong. I'll, I'll go back to something I mentioned before at the very start of the show, where in Paris, the doctors, uh, apparently like our version of Dr. Garza, who looks up the pandemic task force or the, uh, the, the metropolitan area when it comes to guiding where we are as a metropolitan region. But he's saying that they need to cancel Christmas, so don't gather. And then the CDC comes out with guidelines. Oh, maybe it's best you don't have Thanksgiving this year or if you do bring bring your own food into individually packaged so you're not sharing communal food you know we're talking thanksgiving so people see these things and they're like you got to be kidding me with this um this is what i think when it comes to reading this stuff in the news people are obviously going to say to themselves no i don't think i'm going to skip thanksgiving because of what the cdc said Uh, the the thing that we need to make sure and know is that there's a lot of things we can do simultaneously with this virus unfortunately there's a lot of news that goes out there to try to scare you there's a lot of news that try to manipulate and try to get you to do things you you hear about oh what they're going to do next you know biden's going to lock down the country which you said that it's a possibility and that scares a lot of different people there's a lot of things that uh, make us fearful and it's used as a tool in a lot of different ways and it's not healthy for us and you're right it does make us get anxiety thinking about the future of what's going to happen next there's so much uh, there's so many things out of our control when it comes to this the best thing you can do is number one just do the personal responsible thing you know wash your hands and you know keep up to date with the you know staying socially distanced things like that be mindful of the things that you're doing these are all very important things you'll go it'll take you really far doing that we're going to have a vaccine here soon 90 percent effective by pfizer dr uh, fauci mentions that even by the end of this month they can start rolling these things out these are all very encouraging things that hopefully try to knock the anxiety levels down a little bit so let that be good and yes please still meet for thanksgiving don't 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 turn away your family if they were going to be getting together uh if you have that anxiety you can do it safely just please 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 don't let that have you miss out on everything else in life because they're building all of these other fears up in you because ultimately there's a lot of the flip side things that you're missing out on and that there's a big mental toll that goes into that too it's it's also damaging to you so the the reverse is there all right thanks donald for calling in good day for me. you're welcome uh, thank you 314-436-7900 see i did that big rant and donald was there and he wasn't yelling at me by the time we got back from the call so for veterans day i thought this would be nice let's play a little ray charles america the beautiful so we'll do that and we'll come back from break. If you have any text messages, you can send those in at 314-436-7900. It's Overnight America, KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. And thanks for being with us tonight. If you want to reach out, you've still got a couple of minutes. But being that tomorrow is Veterans Day, It's also important to remember that there's veterans in your life, maybe some you haven't spoke to in a while. This would be a great opportunity to reach out to them and say, hey, you know, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. And I wanted to play Ray Charles, America the Beautiful. I thought that'd be a nice tribute tonight for all veterans that may be listening. So we'll do that. That's one of my favorite songs. It really is. Fourth of July, we play that, I think, two or three times. (laughs) But we'll do it one time tonight in honor of uh, all veterans. So we'll do that in just a couple of minutes. I told you I was going to give you a story about first day on the job. 
And one of my people that I just admired, loved to death, was a broadcaster by the name of Bob Chase. Robert Wallenstein, his name, uh, professionally speaking, went as Bob Chase, which Chase was his wife's maiden name. That just seemed to work out better for radio's sake, which is true. And it was a music radio station, but he did sports. He was brought in to do different things, uh, high school sports, broadcasting and he ended up doing some pretty awesome things in the broadcast industry uh he's in the i believe in the north american hockey hall of fame he was mentor to doc emmerich i've talked about him on the show before he was actually offered the job here to be the first broadcaster for the st louis blues scotty bowman called him up wanted to hire him he had obligations and by the time his obligations were over he called back and the blues moved on to dan kelly which is amazing if you think about how history could have changed there. He offered he was offered jobs in all kinds of different markets and different play-by-plays. I think he said the Red Wings and the North Stars and the Capitals and the Oakland Seals, things like that. But by the time they came around, he didn't want to move. You know, he had a family he had established. He didn't want to take them along, and he was happy with what he was doing. He became a local legend. And Bob Chase was a friend of mine. He passed away Thanksgiving Day of 2016. It was a real sad moment because you knew he was battling things for almost the good part of 2016, but he was calling hockey games all the way up until 2016, second only to Vin Scully for broadcasters that worked the microphone in front of a professional club uh, longer. I mean, he was the only other person that did it longer than him was, was Vin Scully, which is pretty remarkable. Bob was someone I learned a lot from, just like I'm sure a lot of other sports people did. But he told me one day about what it was like for him to walk into the radio station for the first time after getting the job. He was from northern Michigan, came back from World War II, served, and here he was trying to find a job in broadcasting, got lucky, got the opportunity, came down, worked at a big station, and he had no idea how any of this stuff worked. Barely had any training, but not really. And he was ready to do a sports cast. And what ended up happening was while he was training, still trying to learn things, the person that was actually doing the the sports casting, the news and whatnot, was supposed to train this person. But he was also a minister. And while they were doing the news and while he was observing and he had no idea what was going on, the person said, "Uh, the news is brought to you by fill-in-the-blank beer company. I don't remember who it was. And now, so-and-so with the news. Well, being a minister, he said, nope, I'm not associating myself with that beer. The minister stood up and walked out of the booth. Now, that is the nightmare for anyone that is brand new into broadcasting. So if it's Nathan or Shaylin, the producers that are in tonight, that are working inside of the studio, imagine if I were to start a show, and right when I was about to go on the air, I stood up and said, nope, I'm not doing it, and one of you two had to go on and do a 10-minute news segment or anything like that. It would terrify someone that is brand new into the industry. So I can imagine what would be going through Shaylin and the nerves associated with that sort of thing. But instead, Bob picked up the microphone and started doing the newscast he took the script that was there and just read it now keep in mind he was new into the city of fort wayne and he didn't know how to pronounce the names of the streets and he didn't know how to pronounce the name of the mayor the mayor of fort wayne at the time kind of had a funny name uh let me make sure i'm spelling it correctly because uh it's it's kind of like Okay, so the name of Fort Wayne at the time, the mayor was Harry B-A-A-L-S. That's the name. So 
he sees this and he says, and Mayor Harry Bales did this or that. Mayor of Fort Wayne, Harry Bales. So he does his whole newscast and everything's fine and dandy, no problems. And he gets off the air and he's sweating bullets and he is shaking. He's nervous, all of these things. But he did exactly what he had to do at the time because there was no one else to do it and they couldn't have dead air. Gets back into the newsroom and the phone rings. It's the mayor. And he said, son, you did a good job. And it's pronounced balls. <laughs> so the, <laughs> the, the mayor of Fort Wayne, Harry Balls was his name. Uh, served up until 1954, called, and, you know, you can get a chuckle. And keep in mind, he's a new broadcaster. He has no idea how things are pronounced. That's just the name his family name was. That's just how he was named. There's nothing he could do about it. And that was his first day on the job. (laughs) Now, keep in mind, this is a famous story in Fort Wayne. Everyone knows this story. Everyone knows the mayor's name. Everyone gets a chuckle out of it. If you're going through high school, of course, you're going to get a chuckle out of it. But to hear him tell that story of, hey, that was my first time on the air at this radio station just reminded me of how everyone in the broadcast industry has that first time memory of how they were completely scared. They were terrified. They had no idea how things would be going. And it always reminds me, hey, uh, it could have been worse. (laughs) All right. I wanted to share that with you. Happy Veterans Day to all that have served. Let's enjoy a little Ray Charles, America the Beautiful, the country we love on Overnight America KMOX. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.